Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 203, air date December 29th, 2017. Hey, I'm Sue O'Connell. It seems that President Trump is bent on reversing every hallmark of the Obama administration, and that includes humor. Judging by today's traditional pardoning of the Thanksgiving turkey, President Obama relished his turkey duties to the embarrassment of his kids. He would reel off dad pun after dad pun, just like that last one, while, t- relish, while taking delight in the pained expressions of his daughters. But today, President Trump cut to the chase with no jokes. Fortunately, the turkey named Drumstick came to his rescue with excellent comic timing. Drumstick, you are hereby pardoned. <laughs> After his date with Drumstick, Trump made news with two actions that could cause indigestion. There was a private phone call with President Putin Just Donald and Vladimir on the line. It went on for an entire hour, so there's no telling what they were cooking up. And then, just as the Trump family was heading off to spend the holiday at Mar-a-Lago, Trump took some questions about the Senate race in Alabama, with a result that some people are calling an endorsement of the Republican candidate who couldn't keep his hands off teenagers. I can tell you one thing for sure. We don't need a liberal person in there, a Democrat, Jones. I've looked at his record. It's terrible in crime. It's terrible in the border. It's terrible in the military. Let me just tell you, Roy Moore denies it. That's all I can say. He denies it. And, And by the way, he totally denies it. And I do have to say, 40 years is a long time. He's run eight races, and this has never come up. So 40 years is a long time. The women are Trump voters. Most of them are Trump voters. All you can do is you have to do what you have to do. He totally denies it. But they were Trump voters. Most Republicans in Washington say they believe the women and take Roy Moore's denials with a grain of salt. But not our president. For a look at a very different contest, much closer to home, I'm joined by a U.S. Senate candidate who made news last week with a surprise announcement. Shiva Ayodhya, I went from Republican to now independent candidate in the 2018 contest to unseat Senator Elizabeth Warren. Welcome to you. Thanks for coming back Thank in. Thank you. Thanks for having me on here, Sue. Good to see you. What's up with the independents? Well, here's the deal. So, you know, um, in Massachusetts, when you really look at it, the Republican Party has essentially become irrelevant. And we decided to dump them because we gave them a good shot. I mean, here was a, a you know, candidate, uh, myself. You. Myself, you know, four degrees from MIT, started seven companies. And the reality was what we started seeing was that the Republicans really do not want to, uh, you know, perturb the apple cart. They have internal deals that they've done. And the reality is they really don't want to, in fact, challenge Elizabeth Warren. And you're, you're thinking about the entire sort of state party and the way that it's run. What about the values and the, the characteristics of being a Republican? Is, is, what are you taking with you into your independence that one might recognize as Republican core Well, yeah, I, I think for me, you know, one of the great Republicans, you know, some people say the thing switched was Lincoln. And the idea was really solving problems. Um, Lincoln had to be at a time in American history where it wasn't about left or right, liberal or conservative. He had to look at a very, very important situation and resolve it by using his acumen and intelligence. And where we are right now, and I think in an interesting way, the Trump 
election shows that Americans are ready for disruption, meaning they want to disrupt things on many, many levels. And here, I mean, fundamentally, I'm an outsider, right? I'm not part of the career politician. I'm not part of the political class. You know, I'm a scientist, an engineer, an inventor. And that is very, very antagonistic to people who've been entrenched within this. If you look at the mass GOP and the way they operate, if you look back at what happened in 2014 to Mark Fisher, he was an engineer who came to run. He was completely mistreated. And there were, you know, all sorts of uh, unethical things that took place. He sued the mass GOP. So we saw the writing on the wall. Why should I end up in April and be holding my hand saying, oh, you know, they screwed us? So that's not what I like to do. Let's talk about your campaign. So what, what are the core values you're pitching for your candidacy? Why someone, I mean, we leapfrog right into the, the, the final now. You don't have a primary opponent, right? So you'll be running against presumably Elizabeth Warren and presumably the Republican person who wins the primary. Why should people vote for you? What do you stand for? Well, I think the number one thing is if you look at uh, the fundamental issue here, and you go back to the founders of this country, in my view, they based their understanding of the Constitution on natural law. And natural law essentially said things were decentralized. Nothing was centralized. Intelligence was decentralized. You, me, every working person had intelligence. And the notion was that we would connect with our creator. And there was not supposed to be anything in the way of that. What we right now have is a centralization of power two-party centralized power. If you look at all the policies, it's sort of Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Everyone watching the show always will probably tell you, I got to choose a better of two evils. And I think there's a different concept that's evolving now here. You don't have to choose a better of two evils. Our campaign, Shiva for Senate, actually offers an alternative. Here's a guy, Shiva, who came through the American dream, you know, came here as a seven-year-old kid, went through the public school systems, worked my butt off, went through MIT, did four degrees, have been working since I was a 14-year-old kid, started seven jobs, and I'm, I'm what would be considered an outsider. And I think the Trump election also says people are tired of career politicians. So what do we stand for? Number one, declare your independence. Massachusetts is really 2.3 million independents. We have a lot of independents. A lot of independents. That had to play a little bit into Definitely. Well, the Well, yeah, a lot right? of independents, and if you really look at it, 56, 52 percent of independents do not like Elizabeth Warren. The other interesting thing here is we have three principles that we founded our campaign on. You can think about it as three pillars. The core main beam is clean government. You know, 75, 80 percent of Americans want term limits. Why don't we have that? You know, the Supreme Court several years ago ruled against it. Right? Half of the Supreme Court right now is made up of people from Harvard. It's a very interesting story. If you look at the swamp, uh, the way I like to look at it is the sewer in Massachusetts really feeds the swamp in D.C. A lot of the elites come out of Harvard. If you look at three of them, Elizabeth Warren, Mitt Romney, and Charlie Baker, they've created a situation in Massachusetts where we have one of the worst corrupt states in Massachusetts, lowest public integrity, uh, worst public infrastructure, got a D plus, and in fact, three times the national average in opioid addiction. Contrast that to the nerds down the street at MIT, you know, who have produced 33,000 businesses and $2 trillion in annual revenue. So I'm of the point, you know, we're at an important point. We need people who understand science and technology, you know, representing this state in particular, because it was rated number one in innovation. Are you ready to get down? You made me a little crazy over the weekend with one of your tweets about um, uh, I love Russia. tweeting. I know, yeah, yeah. and I love tweeting back at you. Yeah, you, you did know. great. Uh, you know, that, that why aren't we better allies with Russia when their GMO, you'll correct me here, but they're leading in, in, in the, the lower number of GMO foods that they're producing. And I fired back at you with a list of 10 reasons why we're not 
better, closer allies with Russia. When you think like that, are you thinking about what's core to your, what you're looking at and what the issues you think are important? Or are you just you know, saying, look, they're lousy on uh, journalistic freedom. They're lousy on LGBT rights. They're lousy on a lot of things. But the GMO thing, thumbs up. Well, here's the deal. In, in fact, if you want to look at both countries, you'll probably find they're very similar on a lot of the, some of the things you address. And we can go into detail. In fact, I can go through your tweet if you want. <laughs> and we can dissect it. But the reality is, uh, you know, 80% of Americans want organic food. Um, the number one source of health problems in the United States, number one source of cancer, and everyone should listen to this, and you're talking to a systems biologist with a PhD at MIT, is food. That's not me, that's you. Well, yeah, I'm saying I've studied food all my life. I've studied, you know, health most yep. of my life. And the number one source of health issues is the food we eat. Monsanto single-handedly has destroyed the public food supply so of this country. So you're pitching that we can find a narrow bridge to connect with our adversaries or our non-allies with? Is that what you're doing? Uh, no, I'm saying that what's interesting about Russia, I mean, first of all, look, uh, you go back to the history, it was the United States and Russia who defeated Nazis. You know, Russia lost a lot of lives and we cannot ignore that. There's many things we have with the Russian people that are in common and we got to move beyond this thing, you know, of the Cold War. Um, you know, GMOs, you know, they want to be the number one producer of organic food. That's a good thing. Now, if you look at all the negative stuff they had, you brought up the issue of LBGT rights. Well, as a person of color, I can tell you that in America, people of color are not treated right. Mm -hmm. You know, we still have mass incarceration of black people. When I came out with the fact that I invented the first email system, you can see the vitriol because it's hard for people to believe a brown-skinned Indian guy invented the first email all system. Right, let me get your take on a stand that Elizabeth Warren is taking when it comes to the sexual assault scandal hanging over Al Franken. Last night, Warren was interviewed by Stephen Colbert. She stopped short of saying Franken should resign. Al is going to be subjected to a hearing in the United States Senate, an investigation. We have had for a long time now in the Senate, long before I got there, a bipartisan ethics committee that meets on a regular basis. And he's going to go in and answer. Is that the right answer? Should, should people be judged? I mean, he apologized. He's volunteered for the investigation. Well, here's my view on this. You know, as you know, I was out in Hollywood for several years, and I've, done, I've been part of that environment. What I can tell you is that we live in an environment now, you do have the weaponization of sex taking place on many, many levels. What does that mean? Well, I'm saying that the notion of sex is now starting to come out to take down people, you know, at all different levels. Well, is it sex or is it improper behavior? Now, we well, mentioned you, have a t you had a, a, a arrest record for a 2005 domestic assault issue. That's going to keep coming up. Well, what yeah, you, so let's, let's correct up? that. Yeah. It was dismissed. If there was any iota of truth in that, you know Massachusetts is extremely protective of mm -hmm. women. It was dismissed on the date of the trial, period. And what we have right now in America is you have the fact that there are women who get abused significantly. And what's interesting is, you know, women of color have been abused for a long time. Most of the stuff that's coming out, which is good, is women of non-color. But it's an important thing that this is coming out. The other thing is you do have a minority of women who have taken advantage of what's occurred with women of abuse and profited from it. Like who? Uh, I, I think you'll, you'll see more cases coming out on this. Well, you know, isn't that always the case, though? But it's a minority. Right, it's a minority right, of women. So the reality now is that we have to understand Hollywood, for example, politics. And I think the next thing you're going to see is academia. Is well, we have Wall Street has had Wall Street has Valley. A, I mean, all, it, it, all of them I, have I, it. I mean, I look at the sexual abuse, sexual assault, sexual indecency, sexual inappropriateness. 
there are buckets here. I don't think it's all one thing. But it's not a line that goes this way. It's a line that goes this way through society, through every level. No? It's, it's been a historic, it's probably, if you want to trace the history, since we created the plow uh, and men started owning property, that same day was the subjugation of women took place. Mm -hmm. And it goes back a long historical period. The issue that we are at right now, if you look at it, the, the issues, you know, Hollywood fu fundamentally, it, you know, is a commoditization of sexuality. And this is something that's not broadly discussed. The entertainment industry, what you and I were talking about, runs on that. And it's an interesting dialogue, I think, that's going to start opening up, you know, on the, how women are treated, how minority women are treated, and we're not discussed at all. You know, that's an interesting issue that also needs to be brought up. Did you up. learn anything from the 2005 incident? Does anything change within well, you or outside well, of you? Well, yeah, I think the bottom line is, you know, there are situations where uh, men are taken advantage of also. And these issues also need to come out. You know, in that situation, you know, Massachusetts has been extremely careful about women, you know, going back to what occurred where a woman uh, said, you know, her husband was going to you know, hurt her and the judge did not listen and she did get hurt. Right. But since that point, you know, we have an interesting situation how things have evolved. We'll have to continue this conversation sure, definitely. as always. Shiva, I adore I thanks so much for coming in. Thank Happy you. Thanksgiving. Thanks for Thank coming. You very much.